You're listening to Talk with Renee Dallow, episode 157. Talk about audacious women with Meryl Kriegsman. Meryl is back after being our special guest on episode 151. Meryl is back today to talk about something that is a little spicy. We're talking about women entrepreneurship culture and how women treat other women that are audaciously going for it. Uh, we have a really honest conversation that is probably going to ruffle some feathers. So I do hope that you listen in with compassion <laughs> and with an open mind and, you know, maybe a cocktail too. Meryl Kriegsman is a woman's wealth advocate and she is dedicated to helping you become the wealthiest woman in your lineage. A former cleaning lady turned self-made millionaire matriarch. Meryl believes that the most powerful thing we can do for our children is to become unapologetic female leaders who fearlessly demand what they're worth and get it. Meryl's insights, based on helping 1,000-plus women step into self-funded wealth, have been featured on CBS News, ABC News, and in publications like Forbes, Fast Company, Entrepreneur, and Good Housekeeping. You can spot Meryl in the wild on her organic farm in Canada, reading erotic novels in a 1920s lace dress and rubber boots. Meryl is one of my most favorite people to have the deep, dark, and light conversations with. So join us and grab your coffee tea as we talk it out. Welcome to Talk with Renee Dallow, biz chat for wedding pros and creatives. Tune in every week for no BS real talk from industry experts that want to help you thrive in your business and your life. Here's your host, event planner, educator, and sushi addict, Renee Dallow. Grab a glass and get ready to talk it out. Hello, hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Talk with Renee Dallow. It is me, your host, Renee Dallow, and I'm here with a very special guest coming in for a part two of our conversation. Please welcome back to the show, Meryl Kriegsman. Meryl, how are you today? I'm good. Yeah, it's like beautiful fall weather where I live in Canada on the prairies, lots of geese in the air flying over by the hundreds. It's very beautiful. Geese. I love it. So this is actually a pretty rare thing that we're having a guest come back so soon for a part two because we just had so much to cover <laughs> and True, so much to talk yeah, about that yeah. we just didn't get it get to it all and i remember saying to you right afterwards like you've got to you've just got to come back like immediately <laughs> what's well, a hot topic and, you, know, you have to admit it is a hot topic yes. well and like of course immediately in my world is like several weeks later because that's the way it goes but i am I'm really excited about this particular shade of conversation this particular flavor of conversation listeners today we're going to talk about women entrepreneurship culture and how women treat other women <laughs> what do you have to say about this feelings about this it's like it's like that it's like dun 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 how dun, women dun, treat dun. other women yeah, exactly totally totally and um i think it's an important topic because like we already said before we hopped on it's like the question is like how many women are holding themselves back because they don't want to cross you know, quite frankly, what is an invisible line? I call it an invisible line because we don't actually say that there is a line. There is not that fine line is sort of like not acknowledged between uh, go girl, you know, you're being, you know, so audacious and ooh, like now, now it's becoming a little unseemly, like you know, how audacious mm -hmm. and how powerful and how much influence you have and right, all those things. And it's, it's one that I am confronted with all the time because you know, in, in my work with, with my students, and I'm sure in your work with yours as well, right? It really is about crossing those lines. It's about getting it to is. the other side of them and receiving everything that can be like had and experienced and, uh, you know, on, on the other side of fear. Yes. Well, and I love on your Instagram post, uh, you put the quote was, I love seeing you step into your power, but not that much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell us, tell us, because, you know, you, you shared a little bit with me after our last conversation. Can you share yeah. with us sort of just so that we're, you know, also like your people are like in the loop listening, uh, what your experience with this has been, and then I'll share mine. Yeah, it's been super interesting for me because I remember early in my entrepreneurial journey, I was listening to Jenna Kutcher on a podcast, her, her own podcast, and she was talking about how the more successful she became, the less friends she had. And I remember feeling so deeply sad for her in that moment. Yeah, right? I remember yeah. thinking like, oh my gosh, like I actually, honestly, now that I'm sitting here all these years later, I actually sat in a little bit of judgment of her because I thought, mm. wow, what kind of person is she that she lost her friends when she became successful? Like yeah, what? Exactly. And now all these years later, um, I'm not going to say I've lost my friends, right? Because I do have, I have a lot of people in my life that I'm very grateful for that I feel close to, yeah. but mm -hmm. there are 
some people in my life in full honesty that I just don't tell all the good things that happened to me because yeah. I can't figure out how to share it without feeling like they are judging me for bragging or being um, arrogant or being so you know, audacious, you know what I mean? Like there, it seems to be this invisible line you're talking about where it's like, they support me and they love me, but not when I get too, not when too many good things happen. Right. Yeah. Or it's like, mm -hmm. it, there is, there seems to be that fine line and I don't ever want to make anyone else feel uncomfortable. Like my people that like that I'm friends with. Right. And, yeah. and it's just like this push and pull, right? Like I have a lot of friends, but I don't necessarily share a lot of things with them. And in fact, I said to you, the only person who really gets to share and like all of the successes and all the good things is my husband because he does not judge me and he just is constantly for me wanting more and more and more you know mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i've been wondering is it that there's just not enough opportunities to go around still for women is there still a sense of like there's a scarcity of opportunities a scarcity of how many of us can be successful is it that heritage of you know there can only be one woman in the boardroom Right? Is it is is it right. is it that, or is it something completely I, different? I I mean I I don't know because I know in in my creative industry I mean the wedding industry is pretty much run by women. Yeah. Like yeah. there's very few men in the wedding industry making making. I mean sorry to all the men, but like you know you're surrounded by tons of women, and so I don't know is it is it that or is it this you know this thing that's ingrained in in women? I mean I'm gonna go on a limb and say especially American women of a certain age where it's like women are sort of taught to be catty and competitive with each other. We have to unlearn that, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. And and I also think, too, there's something to be said about like, especially in the wedding industry, right, where it's all about optics and it's all about the Instagram and it's all about how it looks where like someone sees me traveling around doing speaking gigs. And they're like, I want that. Yeah. Right. Exactly. But not really having any idea of what it looks like on the inside. Yeah. 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 Which is an interesting point, because I personally always do share what's on the inside as well. You know, yes, I have really beautiful branding pictures, but I also, I would say it's at least every weekend, like once that I share a picture of myself, like in my apron and right. with my weekend hair. And like my apron <laughs> yes. is, a, is a whole, it's a whole thing. It's like, it's legendary in our house. It has like these pockets <laughs> and it's like literally filled with all the crap that my kids leave behind. And I just pick it up and put it in my apron. And at the end of the day, it's like, unleash the apron. like. <laughs> It's very funny. Um, but, you know, I've also shared in emails that, um, you know, I struggle with insomnia and at times that has led to, you know, passive suicidal ideation. And, you know, I share those things as well. Yeah. Uh, but it yeah. doesn't seem to land. There's almost like this sense of, <laughs> yes, um, she is successful. So she is indestructible. Oh, uh, yes. I'm familiar with that. Yeah, like a projection. It's like, okay, well, if you're, if you're so, so, yeah, I can curse on this podcast. Right? Oh, right? yes, if really. If you're so fucking strong, then let's, let's see how fucking strong you are. Let's see if we can tear it down. Let's see. Sort of almost yes. that kind of an attitude. I have the same experience um, you, you just shared where sometimes I literally see people host, uh, you know, a get together or, right. And I used to be a part of that group, right. Sort of successful service providers, of course, I've not been a service provider, right, in that sense for years at this point, but I, I used to have a lot and lot of lots and lots of connections uh, to that world. And I just go like, you know what, I don't even think I would be welcome in that room. <laughs> I don't think they would probably yes, start like right? throwing tomatoes or something. Right? It's, <laughs> it's, and they probably wouldn't, because here's the thing, yeah. like, I have had people try and, and publicly uh, sort of you know, bring down my brand. And then you actually meet those people in a room at an event. And they're, they're usually very mm -hmm. apologetic and sort of like, you know, can, can we start over again? And I'm like, right. Hmm. Um, right. Well, I but wonder how much of that behavior is like fight or flight or like, you know, for in order for me to succeed, you have to fail. Like that's all weirdly ingrained capitalist patriarchy shit that yeah, I think we yeah. carry on with, around with us on some level. Yes. Yeah. No, I, th I think so let, let's talk about this like when you see a woman be like really successful in the way that you want to be successful like i'll go first i'll share i do feel envy yeah. i do i do oh feel yeah sort of like why not me but i don't go and then project on that person and try and right tear them down publicly or whatever i probably no. will hire that person to be my mentor <laughs> You know, <laughs> like for me, it really just lights a fire, right? Because yes. it, it was, I mean, this is going to sound very Pollyanna and I don't, 
I hope it doesn't come across this way because I actually do mean it in more of like a fierce way. But when I see someone, especially someone, you know, pretty close to me who's succeeding in a way that I wish I were. Yeah. There is a tiny, like there's like a 10% jealousy, right? And then there's like a 90%, oh my God, light a fire under your own ass. What are you waiting for? If yeah. she can do it, so can you. Yeah, totally. Yeah, for sure. And and sometimes, you know, I can I can get really frustrated. Like I can get really sort of just like, yeah, like a, a, almost like a being confronted with my own sort of like the depth of my desire, but I see it for what it is. I see it as desire, right? And so yeah. I suspect that, what what is really going on is that right if you if you feel that but you deep down believe that you're not worthy of that experience or that success or you'll never reach that level of right experiences mm -hmm. or successes or whatever it is i think that's when instead of it lighting a fire under their butt they're gonna take that like a molotov cocktail and like throw it at that person <laughs> right. right that's when it becomes destructive and that's what we don't want yeah, yeah. which is so sad yeah. because you know in that in that moment i truly think that you know basically what we what we also that desire within ourselves we basically destroy because i don't believe that you can build a sustainable flourishing brand over the corpses of other people that you've torn down like i just Ooh. i just don't believe that right my you might last 100%. a few years but um it's 100 yeah yeah, yeah. It's um, it's an interesting thing too when we think about like there can only be one, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. There, there can only be one, right? And that's something that we're given. I think you know, you know, there's only one Oprah. You've heard people say, right? Right. There can't be another fill in the blank, right? Glennon Doyle. There's only one Glennon Doyle. Well, of course, oh there's God. only one Glennon Doyle, heard, right? Like, but like this is funny side note. So often my clients say, "I just want to be Glennon Doyle." <laughs> like. Over yeah, everyone years. wants to be Glennon Doyle now, but but you don't want, here's the thing, none of us want all the things that made Glennon Doyle, Glennon Doyle, right? We don't want the addiction. We don't want the, the you know, surprise pregnant. We don't want all the things, all the heartache she had to endure to get, totally. to build up the Glennon Doyle that we see now. Yeah, exactly. We just want the what we cut. think Glennon Doyle is doing, yeah. right? We we want that. We want, you know, we want like the happy marriage and the, the blended family and the su successful podcast and the books and the TV deal. Like that's the stuff, the shiny stuff that we're like, well, I want that, mm -hmm. right? But like, what did she have to do to get that, right? That's a whole other, con that's a whole other Oprah basically. But I think it's it's very tempting to look at someone else and say, I want that. Right. This is funny. Like uh, at the beginning of the year, I was at um, a wine night with a bunch of other like wedding planners in my market. And we were we do this like pretty regularly every couple of months. Oh, fun. And we were talking yeah. in January about like goals. Right. What are our goals? And one of the gals at the table said, I want those Renee Dallow speaking gigs mm -hmm. like in, in front of me. Yeah. And I laughed and I said, yeah, I want those, too. What are those like? Like, <laughs> what do you think I have that you think you want? Because yeah. could you let me know? Because I would like to also have that. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's. And it was interesting. I mean, she's a good friend of mine, but it was like that weird perception of like, oh, you think I have something greater than what you have. And I don't believe that that's true. And I'm the person who, quote unquote, has those things, you know, but here's an interesting thing that I've been pondering. Like, what if, you know, your set of talents just makes you, for example, like, particularly well suited for speaking? I mean, let's get real. You're, you're a professional performer. That's correct. Of yeah. course, right? You're going to have some some unfair advantages in the arena of of yes. uh, right? And how many uh, rejections did you go through as you know, a Broadway performer? <laughs> right? Oh, list, thousands, yeah. The list thousands, is really yeah. really long, right? And and for me it's similar, right? I'm really really good on camera. I'm really really good on podcasts. I'm really really good with my voice. Well, guess what? I'm a professional performer too. Right. Yep. How many years have I lived like far below the poverty level as I try to build up an <laughs> opera career in Europe? It's, yep. it's literally that. Right. It's like, first of all, we don't know how how somebody actually became at, as good as they are at something. Right. Like you said, it's like the, the, the Glennon Doyle, right, her lived experience. But also I'm really good at at listening because I, I basically you know, from the age of four, I was sort of like a psychologist to both my parents, you know, mm -hmm. and, and, and would guide them through some, some really big emotional stuff that they were not very good at keeping away from us. Right. Yeah. So my overcompensating as a child, which then of course caused all kinds of problems, including, you know, food disorder and, you know, all the things. Yeah. Make me a really, really stellar mentor today where I, I can literally 
uh, right sort of glean from on the basis of like body language, tone of voice, language patterns, where somebody's at and what they need in that moment. Mm -hmm. Right. But it's um, some of these things are, yes, they're hard one. And also, what if we can just have an acceptance around like, no, we can't all have the same things, because I think that is a very sort of like American thing, if I may say so. My my dad yeah. always says is like you know Americans they can just like have every everything as long as they 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 put in some elbow grease or something right and it's just it's far more complex than that there are things that I can do that somebody else will never be able to do but right and this is where I think it becomes really interesting and this is also a lot of the work that I do with my clients is actually defining well okay where where does your zone of genius live. Right. And not just in these four areas that the online industry tells us, like, we can have a zone of genius. No. Right. Like, can we get real? Can we start peeling away the layers? And I think that is when you when you do that, when you are in sort of like a conscious pursuit of of not just like finding your zone of genius, but like exploring it and coming back at it from a different angle and then running into resistance and then looking at it a little bit differently the next day. Right. Like that process. I think then we start focusing on the stuff that that is actually going to help us shine in the way that we're meant to shine, right? Not in the way that we're supposed to in order to be successful. Like it's going to it's going to look a whole lot more diverse is what I'm saying. Right. And someone else's shine isn't the same as my shine or yeah, your shine. Exactly. And instead of looking at the at the woman next to you saying, I want what she's got, figure out your own shine, right? Yeah. Figure out what that is for you. Yeah. Because even if it's the same end goal, right? Like if, if it is, even it is back to use that example, like someone else saying, I want the same speaking gigs you get. Well, that actually is impossible, right? Because we have different, like you said, we have different specialties, but maybe the speaking gigs that I get aren't right for that other person, right? Like she's going to get things that are right for her. And we just have to kind of, as, as hippy dippy as this is going to sound, like we just have to believe that the right things will find us. Yeah. But they only yeah. will when when we are truly ourselves and i think that's you know most people are not right in this and part of the reason is that we think it's only acceptable to show up in a certain way this is a really interesting thing i was um exploring like creating this personality assessment which i'm going to launch like whatever but it's basically it's called like the wealth uh eight wealth activation archetype so it's not like what kind of wealth type are you but what what actually activates you into even like wanting to create wealth right and, oh amazing and, you know the one type is is what i call connection source so these are the people that are constantly like uplifting people around them they're very relationship focused right they're commenting on everybody's stuff they're really seeking that like community they are well liked and well loved but they're also right the achilles heels or the shadow side of that is that they're, for example, you know, outgrowing, for example, certain clientele, but they're not actually fully stepping into that next iteration because it would mean having to disappoint some people that they have a relationship with and that know them a certain way, right? But then, mm-hmm. I mean, that's a really very like accepted and loved archetype, like in our- It our, really is. Right? It's like the nurturer, yes. the, the right? Like we often celebrate people who are like that when i i once wrote like you know outgrowing a clientele you know is a real thing it hurts it hurts you know our hearts i think that post it was like literally one sentence i kid you not i think it had like 200 comments like oh my god yes and everybody was it's true it's and it's very true for wedding planners like even last night my associate and i had a consult call with someone that i knew couldn't afford us but i wanted to give them the courtesy of the call and and you know it's always worth exploring right yeah by the end of the call, I said to Joey, they're not going to book us. And he said, why? I go, because we're, too, we're going to be too expensive. And he's like, oh. And he, I, you know, he was like, okay. Like he was trying to, I could tell, like wrap his head around it. And I said, yeah, it doesn't matter to me. Like they're not our people. And you just have to learn to yes. like release it, yeah. you know? But, right, like I suspect that you also are, um, right, like within those eight archetypes, there's also like achievement focused, right, or achievement Oh, that's totally me, yeah. Right, or risk focused and and sourced, right? Mm -hmm. So this is like when you seek like that thrill of Mm -hmm. stepping out like of the ordinary, stepping out of the mainstream and doing something really unique. But, right, among women, some of those more sort of like relationship focused archetypes are far more accepted and understood and applauded then, for example, somebody who's like thrill source, which is totally me. I'm I'm a total thrill seeker. My dad is too. Like he, my uncle too. He like you know they they throw themselves out of airplanes. Um, 
they climb like mountains that are super dangerous, right? So there's sort of like a thrill-seeking element to my personality, mm -hmm. uh, which makes me make really bold claims, right? As long as they're true, I'm like, I can put this out there. Like, let's do it, right? It's like, if there's going to be consequences, like consequences be damned, right? Uh, or yeah. I throw myself on a stage that's really big, mm -hmm. even though some people might say that I don't belong there or that I'm not ready for it. I'm like, well... <laughs> We'll see, we'll see how that goes, right? But it's it's just as an example, like that attitude is not as palatable to most women. Yeah. yeah. Because we I think we are being raised, right? This is of course generalizations, right? But we're raised to 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 be very nurturing, right? And to right. to be very sort of like, you know, relationship focused. And the truth of the matter is, and this is probably why you also can simply say like they're not our people we got to let them go we have to make the strategic decision right to just be focused a little bit more on our marketing on saying these and these things to attract the people who are fit right sort of that being able to be level-headed about it right isn't isn't always something that women like maybe understand or in and of itself have an envy about right i sort of like i wish right i could be that level-headed and not have it holding me back right so much right. just just as an example yeah i know you and i are both i think on more on the side of wanting to go into and i think you more than you have successfully done this more than me is sort of going into a place of like you know full audacity like i'm living in my power i am you know sort of unapologetic about it how did you sort of navigate that invisible line that we've talked about like how does because I know I hold myself back with certain people in my life. Yeah. So how did you navigate that for you? Mm, I'm still navigating. It's it's never ending. I feel like a split. Person. <laughs> You're not. You don't have a perfect answer for me, Meryl. Come on. No, I'm just kidding. I didn't think there would um, be a perfect answer. Well, maybe this is the perfect answer, right? Because the perfect answer is that even the people who come across as like extremely audacious, like sometimes I feel I have a split personality. There's the part of me that wants to please people, and um, have people approve of me. That's still a huge mm -hmm. one for me. Mm -hmm. I so crave people's approval and find it really hard when people, especially when they do publicly sort of say like, oh, like Meryl does this thing or she did it again or like whatever, right? Their thing is, <laughs> um, I find it really, really hard. Uh, keeps me up sometimes at night, right? Literally like hashtag insomnia. But also, right, for me, it comes back to like, you know, like we, we, we don't know how long we're going to live. Right. Like yeah. it's it, there's like both cardiovascular disease and, and cancer in, in the family. Uh, right. Like and I mean, I'm hoping that I'm going to be a very old and very healthy person until the very, very end. Like I'm totally envisioning that and not not a hypochondriac, which is surprising because my mom definitely <laughs> is, <laughs> but also realistic. Right. Like it's it's sort of just like, well, let's say right there is only 10 years left. Right. Like then and I want to be able to say at the very end, well, I gave it my fucking all. Right. And and I, I didn't um, I didn't live in fear. Do you know this movie? Gosh, what's it called? Um, Strictly Ballroom. It's such a good movie. I've heard of it. I feel like maybe I've seen it a couple of years ago, yeah. but I don't recall it. Yeah, it's a super cute movie. And she has this Spanish saying and it translates um, into right like a, a life. No, a life lived in fear is a life half lived. Oh, wow. And I want to live a full life, right? Yeah. And I want to show, yeah. in my case, right, I have like three three young girls. I want to show them what that looks like. And so that's that's sort of the, the yeah, like the, the my why, right? Like what fuels mm -hmm. these choices, right? It's literally like, well, am I going to back down because there's a threat of like subtle blackmail or am I <laughs> not going to do that, right? Am I going right. to you know, be welcome in some rooms, but also maybe not as welcome in other rooms and be okay with that? Or am I going to to mold myself back into like an older version of myself in order to fit in? It's like, fuck no, of course no, I'm not. No. Like I'm, Absolutely I'm not. glorious the way I am today. And I've yeah. worked for that really hard, you know, it's, it's. Yeah, um, I agree. One of my favorite quotes is actually a little bit similar to your, to that quote. It's, um, life shrinks or expands in proportion to one's courage. Yeah, it's the Anna Isnin quote, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I named I have my, it on my wall in my office. My youngest daughter is called Isa Anais Bolt. Oh, yeah. I love it. Yeah, we named her after. Yeah. So, yeah, no, that's that's exactly it. That's exactly it. And in the end, right, everything is 
connected to that also from an income perspective, right? I would, I would go as, as far as to take that quote and say, right, like your income shrinks or expands, right, in proportion to your courage as well. That's literally, I agree. you know, basically what my entire business is built around because we right, have like this framework, it's called like the nine acts of audacity and it really pushes people into like those edges of, yeah. okay, let's do it anyway, like every single day. Because <laughs> here's the thing, when you start replacing busy work with acts of audacity or acts of courage every single day, and you do more of them every single day. And this is like, this is the fun part, right? This is so much faster and so much more effective way of running your business. Because what mm -hmm. happens is that when you stack, let's say, three acts of courage in one day that each take five minutes, you will have done more for your business growth, right? Let's say you've reached out to a certain gatekeeper or you've made a really amazing, you know, well-voiced request to somebody who uh, right, could give you a really big opportunity or become a really amazing client, right? That's like, it's literally that's 15 minutes of work there, right? 15 minutes of like truly courageous acting that you've done there right versus eight hours of just grunt work right where you're you 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 have to be that busy because you're avoiding doing the thing that really takes courage right and and, and that sets us free right especially if you do have caretaker responsibilities on the side and you can just spend eight hours in your business every day then that becomes really really crucial so i think a really interesting question is how do we be in that space of, I know I'm not loved and liked by everyone, right? I'm not. Yeah. I mean, it's, that's real for me. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's funny. It's, I say, it's funny. I said it to my associate, Joey, we were, we were doing a wedding once and I said, look, I know not everybody likes me. And he goes, no, no, everybody loves you. And I was like, no, it's okay. Like, I, I don't need everyone to like me. I know that sounds, I know that sounds very like divisive. People are like, what? But I, I really don't, I Renee, for my own like self-worth, I don't need everyone to like me. Yeah. I need to be able to wake up every morning and look in the mirror and think, yep, this is who I want to be. And it it really has nothing to do with the external like pat on the back. I'm actually more I'm I'm more uncomfortable with that, right? When someone's like, You're doing a great job, I'm like, okay, that's fine. I don't need that. Right. Mm. And that's that's my own shit. Yeah. But there is a part of my brain that wants to say, like, this is who I am and I'm just gonna keep, you know, stacking up successes and everyone else has to deal with it, yeah. right? That's like 60% yeah. of my brain. And then there's 40% of my brain that like wants to be invited to the to the table, yeah. to these yeah. tables, yeah. you know? And so how do we balance that? I don't know that it's a balance. I think that it, I think it, I really always have to do the work for myself to say, okay, what is it about this that I'm, that I'm envious of? Or what is it about this that I'm like, you know, searching for? Like for instance, a couple of months ago, just through like casual emailed conversation with various people, I just sort of discovered that some other educators in the wedding space, they all have a mastermind together. I say oh, all, there's not, it's yeah. not all of them, yeah. but there is That's a handful feels, of people right? that, that is exactly how it felt to me. I was like, wait a minute, how did, why didn't I get invited to this mastermind? I'm good for a mastermind. And I had like my little kid pants on where I was like, why didn't I get to sit at the lunch table with them? Why didn't they ask me? Yeah. And you know what? I will never know the reason. I don't know. Yeah. And really, it's not for me to know because it wasn't meant for me because it didn't find me. Right. Yeah. And I just have to always go back to that piece mm -hmm. because otherwise I'm going to make myself bananas yeah, exactly. with thinking about what if, what if, what if. And honestly, if I wanted to make a mastermind with people, I could start my own. <laughs> this is very true. Like, this is actually exactly yeah. what I wanted to say. I think that at one point we outgrow the tables that are right. And we have to start mm. building our own. Mm -hmm. and be and that's scary that's, that's scary. fucking scary right there yeah exactly that's the scary part where you're like oh my peers okay so i okay i'm alone yeah okay yeah. <laughs> and um i mean not completely alone i'm but alone. You know what I mean. <laughs> all alone i'm an only child so i'm okay with alone Good for you. Yeah, no, i'm definitely not a not a i have like a whole bunch of siblings anyway yeah it's it's that it's that shifting of the role where you know you can choose to be like a part of something and you're the person who gets invited to becoming the person that that issues the invites and the person that builds the table right. and the people or the person that you know sort of curates the room here's what i really think though like when i think of my own experience there was sort of like this really like awkward ugly duckling stage where i just mm -hmm. wanted to run back <laughs> I wanted to run back to the pack, yeah. right? It's sort of like if you imagine like walking away from your village, 
great and you look yeah. back over your shoulder you can sort of still see like the 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 fumes of like the little homes right and the, the warm hearths that are right and you know that they're in their evening routine and it's known to you but you're you've decided to walk into the big bad forest and now you sort of have to stick with it but also oh my god it's so tempting to want to run back and say like i'll just be whoever you want me to be as long as i can be part mm -hmm. of this crowd right or this pack or this 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 village and that stage is so precarious it's so precarious because the new thing hasn't shown up right and this is this is the thing we, yep. we, we speak about like you're, you're no longer just invited to any table because you're not you know you're too big of a personality you're too big of a voice you're too right like whatever right too 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 right it's like you're too mm -hmm. much too, too much too, whatever yeah Right, this idea of like I'm just gonna shrug my shoulders and build my own table, like damn it. Right, of course there's there's like a whole sort of um, heroine's journey that happens between the one and the other, where you know you haven't built a new table yet, and maybe people even if you were to issue some invitations, people wouldn't come right away because you actually right might have lost some credibility in that journey of of un unhooking yourselves from you know like like the 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 sort of the 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 more established crowds within your industry right yeah. and this is where like the most courageous thing that you can do is just to keep going and that is really really hard because when you are surrounded by people who maybe you know used to be your friend but now they're either criticizing you or right they they um or maybe doubting your integrity or the way that you are approaching things, right? It's really easy to say like, oh, never again, this feels awful. Like my nervous system is like right now, yeah, right? Yeah. And then to like what I always find really, uh, I say comforting is first of all, just realizing I have a really good relationship with my family. I have a really good relationship with my husband. I have a wonderful relationship with my kids. I have many friends in my actual like physical community. I have amazing friends in the online space. Like, you know, first of all, just getting real about the reality of what is actually so, because it's really easy to get like a, um, a distorted view of yourself. Yes. You see, it's very 100%. easy to start seeing yourself the way that you or that they say they see you, right? Might not actually be the way that they see you, but what they state is sort of like how they see you, right? Sort of like this group think decision about like, this is what we think about this person, right? Yeah. Um, so first of all, that reminder, and then also any movie you watch, right? About somebody who did anything worthwhile was always misunderstood by their contemporaries, right? They were always like, like uh, it was hard to, get what they were building for the people who, yeah, who that's a great point yeah it's like like think of any historical figure of any significance it's it's literally like any beautiful sort of story arc of of, of you know uh, movies based on on actual facts right is that this person was alone and nobody believed in what they were doing and and then they they kept going anyway until they had built something that could be a part of uh of the future that we live today and and so you could even say that everything that we've been discussing in the last, you know, like 35 minutes really is basically sort of a sign of what it's like to be a leader. Well, that's true too. I think there's, I think there's two different things here, right? There's like the actual, what leadership is and what it looks like to step into your power and step into your ideas and step into your risk. And then there's like the Instagram version of what that looks like, right? And I think it's easy for people to look at the, I think in both of our cases, like the professional photos that are taken of us and like the shiny, like pretty part and think like, oh, I want, you know, I, like I said, I want that or, or not even, not I want that or like, ew, what, why are they so dot, 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 like we said, too much, too whatever, yeah. too full of themselves, right? Yeah. But I think the question for me is like, regardless of other people's opinions, right? When, if you are someone who stands in a bit of judgment about anyone you see out there doing something that you want to do, like, how do we shift, I guess, the culture for ourselves? Like, because it's not just, yes, we can do the work with ourselves, right? But then also we're all in those spaces, especially as women where it's like, someone says, oh, did you see what so-and-so is doing, da, 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 da. And like, how do we change the culture of the conversation from, I can't, who does she think she is to, well, look at her go and really mean it and, really and not mean just it. give yes. it and really mean it and not just give it like the pink Instagram square of like, you go girl. Yeah, exactly. I think there's a, there's a couple of, you know, questions in there. 
I think it starts with, you know, when we feel sort of that desire that is, that is tipping towards envy, maybe even anger, usually what we need to do in that moment, and this is why I love shadow work as well, right? Is just to see like, Hey, this is actually like an unclaimed part of myself that mm -hmm. feels, you know, not loved or maybe rejected, or maybe hasn't been able to fully come to, to blossom open, right? Because of the circumstances in my life or because of the past or because of whatever reason, right? How can I reclaim that for me? Right. And instead of sort of like this gap created by this sense of like unworthiness, or I can never have this right to, to yes. then propel us into, to, yeah, like becoming really accusatory or really judgmental or like whatever it is. Well, it is, it is about the gap. I love that you use that word too, because that is what it feels like, right? Yeah. That there is a gap yeah. between this, between that thing and me and how, and the gap feels painful. Horrible. Yeah painful and so it's like how do we fill up the gap for lack of a better word like how do we make that how do we bridge that you know well, it's it's by saying like my my legs are strong enough for me to to leap to the other side if i so choose right and not yes stick with yes. with sort of a i'm i'm angry because you know because really what's happening is that you're telling yourself you can't you can't ever have that right that is right what and maybe it pain. is that yes and also and i love what you said like my legs are strong enough because there is that certain like there is that certain thing that if anyone ever asks me, like, what is the biggest entrepreneurial like lesson is like, you've got to get really comfortable with risk. Yes. Like you yeah. just have to try and like, maybe you'll fall on your face. We don't know. We can never know, yeah. but you at least have to try. And oftentimes as I'm sitting here thinking, I, I think sometimes that gap, right? That horrible, painful gap is the risky that there's where the risk is. Yeah. And if you can bridge it or jump it or, dive down in it i don't know embrace it in some way then you don't you don't know what's going to be on the other side right but like yeah the only the best things i've ever done have always come in after moments of just like well fuck it i'm going to risk it what's the exactly. worst that can happen yeah and and this is this is literally what what i do with my clients i don't know if you include this work with yours as well but it's literally like the 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 risk tolerance and the sort of you know how can i still breathe yeah. right into this sort of constant state of uncertainty um right there's one it was once at an event um where the um the founder of uh you know uggs like the shoes yeah um, he spoke and it was hilarious he was so hilarious and he was talking about you know the like most atrocious failures that his brand went through and it was like it was epic literally and she shared this quote and it's sort of like in enthuse on like feast on uncertainty uh like we'll we'll pull up the quote and put it in the show notes but basically yes like invigorate in the face of of you know insecurity or right sort of like if we can teach our nervous systems to actually recognize this as this is what forward momentum feels like yeah so it this is actually the safest place that i can be versus like always trying to play it as safe and as low risk as possible. And, and I have something to say about this too, because it's very uh, present in the, in the, you know, female online space or the female uh, entrepreneurial space, right? This idea of, I don't, I don't want to have to work so hard. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's Someone actually said that to me yesterday. She, we were talking about income goals and she was on the cusp of like a very major goal. And she's like, but I don't want to work that hard. Like I could do it, but I just don't want to work that hard. And I, I just, that's not my, that's not my, the space that I live in ever. So it was an interesting yeah, yeah. Like, kind of a revelation for me to be like, oh, okay, great. I, I don't know what that's yeah. like. <laughs> no, because that would, that would mean a risk, right? It's like, I could, I could wreck my health. Right. I could wreck my relationships. I could, right. right? And here's the right. thing, um, right? Entrepreneurship done well means sort of like periods of intense, I don't want to say hard work, but like devoted work. Um, yes. and then, and then you can sort of coast for a while mm -hmm. and, and just, you know, make sure that, that the momentum keeps going, but right. Sort of like the, the, the risk of like, what if I put all this time in this thing and it doesn't work out? It's like, yeah, well, pff, that, that does happen. Right. It's like, been there, been there, oh, totally happens. but then, um, but you know, here's the thing that I just want to like tag onto this idea is that like, once you start taking risks and having them either pay off or not, right. The thing that I know for sure now, after all these years, especially of, for the education part of my business, for the online part of my business, is that like, I will always figure it out. Yeah. 
if I launch something and it doesn't go well, I've learned something, right? Yes. If I launch something and it goes well, how do I make it better? Yeah. If I if I'm up against a financial goal or 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 worse, like if there's a financial need in my life that isn't being met, I can be like, okay, well, is there anything I can launch right now? Yeah. Like I always have my own back here, and that that is a learned skill after years of just trying, doing it. Just just go and trying. Try it. Yeah. It's a exactly. muscle. Like you're not on day one, you're not going to feel that, right? But in year six, you're going to be like, oh, I can figure it out for myself. Yeah. I can always, yeah. I can always iterate. I can always offer something, you know. And and also we haven't mentioned this part, and I I feel like I just want to touch on it briefly. Is that like you know all the women in these spaces that are out there doing big things, and I'm not talking just about like me and Meryl because I think we are doing big things. But if you think about the rest of the world, right? Like obviously, Glenn and Doyle doing bigger things, right? There's always, to these people that we admire, right? There's always, I always look for their why, right? Like why, yeah. like why Why does Oprah be, why does Oprah want to continue to be Oprah, right? Because she has things she wants to say. She has people, uh, topics she's passionate about, things she wants to educate, and she has a school for girls. Like yeah. that's her why, yeah. right? Does she talk about it every day? No, but we know. Glennon needs to express herself. She's a writer, right? She wants to share her story. She wants to share her struggle so that we all find inspiration. She wants to share her current joy so that we all can look for joy she also has a nonprofit. So when you're looking to these people and uh, perhaps, and you're thinking like, oh, another photo of Meryl up on her Instagram, right? Yeah. It's easy to stand in judgment, but also what is, everyone has a deeper why. And so if you also are like, well, I want that. I want pretty photos of me on the internet. Like, yeah, you can have that, but also communicate your why. Yeah. Like, there's something deeper in all yeah. these things, yeah. you know? And then, and then there's a really interesting thing about like, you know, um, how performative do we need to be about what what fuels us right in the in the, right. the philanthropy I, that... I think very little but yeah like exactly like I can give you a list right now of like everything that I've donated over the last few months but it, I just think it's right. pretty distasteful like it's just like I don't I agree I don't want to I don't want to do that but also sometimes I yeah. feel like I could just send someone that list you know when they are uh, sort of like whatever you know having some kind of hissy fit about like me and my brand <laughs> Right. And say like, well, this is actually uh, the, if, if my business is a well, this is the well that you're trying to poison right now. And there's an entire community of people mm -hmm. and initiative connected, connected to it. Right. That's right. Um, That's right. That, yeah, quite frankly, nobody really knows about because I got sick and tired of of sort of like trying to make my brand look I don't know it's just like it was this thing where, yeah, I actually feel that that, you know, philanthropy is something that. I like to focus on in, in the privacy of, of, of my own life and my own. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, and I don't necessarily, yeah, feel it as like a public spectacle. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's, it's tricky, yeah. right? Because it, it's so tricky. It's so tricky. I, I want to, I want you to give some advice to the, those who are listening. Cause you know, my listeners span, you know, every sort of like from, from just, just beginning to very established. If someone's listening to us and they're like, okay, but, I want to live more audaciously. I want to be more audacious in my business. Yeah. And I don't even know the first thing to get started. What would your advice be to that person? So I always advise people to be the person they would love to encounter on their journey, right? So if you want to be surrounded by people who truly support you, right? And we were already sharing both you and I have people like that in our life, even even in the, yeah. in the business space as well, right? Not just on the on the private side of things. But in order to sort of like, you know, stick with that idea of like, be the person that you want to want to meet right on your journey, I would say a couple of rules to just keep in mind, right? It's like when you notice yourself sort of wanting to get like accusatory or judgmental or it's like, whoa, great opportunity to do some shadow work. Like, let's lift this into the light. Let's figure out what this is. What is this? What is this indicating? around sort of like where I want to go. What does this say about me and my desire? So do like having it be about you because it actually is about you. It's not about them. It is about you. Yeah. Right. So that's number one. Number two, if you have people, right, that sort of come to you and say, oh, I wouldn't talk to this person or I wouldn't like, you know, uh, or be careful not to be associated with this person. Those are quite frankly, the people that I distance myself from. I do not surround myself with people who gossip or try to influence my opinion of other people. I think that is something so, so personal because, you know, one person might be a fantastic mentor for someone and a horrible one for the next one. 
right? So that's very true. It is so <laughs> unique, like this this chemistry between people. I would never make any assumptions about sort of like, oh, this was my experience, so this is going to be yours as well, right? Even even yeah. when I've spent a ton of money and I'm sort of like you know feeling some some pissed offness about right things not paying off. It's like yeah, it happens. Move yes. on. Yeah, it next, happens. Next thing. Oh, and, and listen, every every successful person that you see out there has made one of those very expensive mistakes, myself included. I have literally in the last few years spent multiple six figures that just went down the drain. It's just like, mm -hmm. ugh. Uh, but also mm -hmm. I've, I've made millions of dollars, right? So in the grand scheme of things, like it all works out. So, but still, right, right there's that ugh feeling when I think about it, but also right the question was like okay what what did i learn from this mistake why did i hand over my power to this person or thought that that was yes. necessary right and and yes. and how can i take it back and right and so that's that's really the two things that i would say in regards to to that and then when it comes to stepping into be a more audacious version of yourself right it's literally start your day with what scares the shit out of you it's not even like what you feel <laughs> eat the frog eat the, yeah I, I was going to say it's like it's it's almost like a, a spin on right the eat the frog the frog is sort of like what do you feel resistance to and yes, right. if you want to like 10x like basically this frog eat the frog principle don't just do what what you feel resistance to do what truly scares you say the thing that you know needs to be said but you don't know what the consequences are going to be claim that that piece of credibility even if you know it's going to piss people off right all of all of that stuff and then also right as you go through your day and you see some people sort of you know under under fire or being criticized um i would just look at it with a very very sort of just uh yeah an attitude of like oh maybe maybe there are some issues here but also maybe this person is just like really stepping stepping out of you know their old sort of crowd that they used to run with right and it's just uh, yep. it's, we're, what we're witnessing here is not uh, it's it's actually like somebody going through an initiation of stepping into their next level and and celebrating that and supporting that rather than yeah you know being part of the crowd that's like watching and criticizing and it's like oh do you really yeah. want to be part of that like really <laughs> Yeah, no. And listen, in the wedding space, you know, over the last couple of years, we've certainly seen some of our more, you know, visible educators pivot into other things. Yeah. Obviously, the pandemic did not help the wedding industry at all. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there have been some sort of visible growing pains for some people that I know. Yeah. And obviously, it's been met with, you know, sort of uh, feelings, judgment, whispers, you know, yeah. uh, feelings about, oh, did you see what that person's doing on TikTok? And what are they doing now? Where are they? And what's going on? And, yes. you know, I think anytime we upset what we know is the status quo, because we all want we all want to think that nothing's ever going to change, but that isn't life, right? Exactly. So I 100% co-sign everything you've said. And also, like, despite what we said at the beginning, I mean, at least for me, despite what I said about, like, sometimes it feels isolating and, you know, sometimes it feels like there's not a huge support system. Like, I still wouldn't trade my life for the life I used to have. Exactly. Right. And this is, this yeah. is where it comes down to, like, the why, right? That's the most important. Yeah. We have to understand what fuels us. And then also, right, this is, this is also, a, there's a piece of identity work in here around, like, do you mm -hmm. want to be a part of, like, the whispers? Or do you want to be a part of like the people that roar, right? That just have something to say, yes. stand up for something courageously. <laughs> yes. Right? Or do you want to be the person that's like in the back channels, like tearing somebody down, right? It's like, who do you want to be as an individual? Who are you? Are you this kind of person? Or are you that kind of person? Who do you choose to be? 100%. Meryl, I can't think of a better place to to stop because first of all, I could talk to you for six more hours and this would be an extremely long podcast, but I think that's what it comes down to, right? For those listening, who do you want to be? And just sit with that and journal on that and think about that and be honest with yourself, right? Because there's the only judgment you're going to get about that is from yourself, really, because everyone else you can choose to listen to or not. Yeah. And also, right, if you're journaling and you find that you've been quite the gossip, <laughs> in the last few years, right? And you go like, oh shit, like that was, right? Instant self-forgiveness. I always say crack open a can yes. of instant self-forgiveness. It's all sparkly and, and gooey in there and you just pour it all over yourself and we're just gonna move on, <laughs> right? Move on. And if you have to go, go apologize, right? I get these messages all the time from people who are like, I saw this thing happen 
and right i know i know that it was it was you know very disturbing at the time and i sort of was swept up in the moment and and what i realized is that you're not like that at all because i know you from my personal experience and i'm so sorry i didn't stand up for you right stuff like that yeah. it happens all the time and you know what that's quite deeply healing right to uh, yeah it's never too late for any exactly it's healing for you might also be healing for the other person i love it oh meryl you're my favorite don't tell the rest <laughs> tell the rest <laughs> Where can people find you on the internet? Oh, come hang out with me on Instagram. Like it's my name. Come find me. Send me a DM if you have any thoughts about this episode. And I'm also going to relaunch my website with a new iteration. Mm. So you can just hop over to MeryllKriegsman.com. And there's tons of resources on there and all kinds of directions as to like, you know, where to dive deeper into my world as well. I love it. Meryl, thank you so much for coming back and continuing this epic talk. I'm not going to promise a part three, y'all, but at some point we'll have Meryl back. <laughs> Thanks for having me again. again. Yes, stuff, of course. I just think this is such a conversation that needed to be had. And so, um, and thank you for having it with me and thank you for your honesty. Um, because, you know, there's, we're all at different levels and we're all at different thresholds and we're all at different, uh, like edges of the cliff getting ready to jump off. Yeah. And so if you're listening and, and any of this resonated with you, I'd love to hear from you in my DMs specifically about this episode, because I think this is going to stir up some things, you know, some feelings. <laughs> yes, some feelings, rightfully so. Um, listeners, I want to thank you for spending your time with us. I know your time is the one thing that you cannot make any more of. And so I'm always super grateful that you spent it with us. We will see you next week. Same time, same place. Bye for now, friends. Thanks for listening to Talk with Renee Dallow. Dive into the show notes at reneedallow.com forward slash podcast and connect with Renee at Talk with Renee Dallow on Instagram. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.